You're listening to Threads Radio. My name's Luke Fraser, and this is The Tonic.
alternative minimalism of Tom Johnson, their uh, one-time New York-based composer now uh, living in Paris, I believe. Uh, he's been referred to as the inventor of logical music, uh, whatever that means. Certainly, though, his music is characterized by a strong interest in maths, in particular, the concept of kind of permutation, uh, often exhaustive as a way of generating material. So that piece called 844 Chords is part of a, I guess, kind of a loose series of pieces called Rational Harmonies, exploring kind of permutation or generation of chords. And Tom Johnson describes the genesis of the pieces coming after hundreds of experiments, arriving at a few remarkably simple rules governing the intervals between notes within the chords and also the number of notes used in the chords, kind of working through a permutational sequence with those rules and using computer to generate those permutations. Uh, he says the result was a tonal, atonal mathematical sequence with inevitable regularity, but at the same time with continually surprising juxtapositions and modulations. And I guess that's kind of the interesting thing about this piece, in spite, uh, I guess, of it coming from a kind of conceptual mathematical starting point, the fact that you can kind of hear these weird incidental references to generic music of previous eras, late 19th century, early 20th century composers, you know, bits of chord sequences that remind you of other pieces. So yeah, that's performed by Ensemble Clang, uh, based in Holland. Their album is Cows, Chords and Combinations. That's released on their own record label, Ensemble Clang Records, in 2010. So meanwhile, before there was Black Midi, there was this. Bye. 
smile on your face or just drive you a bit crazy i guess that was the uh, seventh study for player piano by the iconic conlon nancaro um, preceded by the sixth and firstly the eleventh studies so nancaro yeah i mean just a great american composer long living as a semi-recluse in mexico he kind of only really became better known in the 1980s all of his pieces from that incredible series for player piano were scored and then painstakingly hand-punched onto piano rolls. He claimed to only be able to write about a maximum of five minutes music per year. It's kind of the ultimate labor of musical love, I guess. So his music kind of largely deals with processes like canon, often at massive speed and with massive complexity uh, and kind of requiring a degree of speed and precision that's basically impossible with human performers. But I think what makes those pieces great is also that they have this idiomatic series of references, particularly in those early ones, the jazz and blues. And, and also, strangely, this closeness rhythmically and melodically to the, the music of Ligeti, although they were working in completely different worlds. And Ligeti certainly was a big advocate later of Nankara's music. Um, so those recordings, to my ears, the best to date, they were recorded on a Bosendorfer grand piano modified with their Ampico player piano mechanism. And I think um, they're, they're better than the previous ones, uh, which had used defelted hammers, I guess, for reasons of accuracy. But those recordings kind of had a thin, tinny quality, whereas these recordings, they sound much closer to real piano, I guess, you know, bearing in mind what is probably a compromise, which has to be made between sonority and precision and accuracy at speed. So uh, that album is Studies for Player Piano, Volume 1. The label is Music Production, Dabringhaus and Grimm, and the year of release, 2006. Now to another iconic American composer. This is Ruth Crawford Seeger.
there's something just brilliantly creepy about that piece. That's Ruth Crawford Seeger's Suite Number no. Two, a piano and string quartet, written in 1929. She comes from a line of classic American experimental composers, and she's kind of both a modernist serial composer, now emerging as one of the key 20th century modernists. I mean, she was certainly one of the first to extend serial processes to elements other than pitch. Um, but she's also now renowned as a folk music specialist. She worked closely with Alan Lomax, and she's from one of those kind of famous musical dynasties. Her husband, the folklorist Charles Seeger, and her children, Pete and Peggy Seeger. So that was performed by the Pellegrini Quartet. The album is uh, String Quartet and Chamber Works, the label CPO, and the year was 2000.
Thank you. 
love the sounds in that and also the recording and placement of them that's Anna Hartman and Message from the Lighthouse from 2009 Anna Hartman's a Swedish composer and sound designer a longtime resident in Berlin I think her music has a great sense of space but also this kind of uncanny temporal placement of sounds kind of using found sound or I guess recorded sound to create these long form pieces the album there is called H to the 2 or H squared I guess the label is Complot and the year of release is 2011 next up this is Mark Fell
a brilliant blast of algorithmic process-driven composition there, referencing genre-based electronic music, whilst also being academically or conceptually driven, or at least art-facing. That's Multi-Stability by Mark Fell from 2011, Movements 9, 10A, and 6B. Uh, the concept of multi-stability, as far as I can gather it, is to do with parallel images being experienced simultaneously with each track or piece of composition, as you will, having a duplicate. So there's both kind of A and B versions of those pieces. Make of that what you will. Mark Fell has said anyway that music is a technology for constructing an experience of time which seems quite a pertinent entry point to that album in particular. It's multi-stability, the label Rasta Noten, and that's from 2011. So closing out this episode of The Tonic is a classic from Karl Heinz Stockhausen.
sind zwei Glocken, Binge, Bung, auf deinen Brüsten, bringe, brange, bring, bring, brang. Selbst gestreckt noch, spüren sie die Rundung, 
Und die Knötchen innen drinnen dringedrong. Avocados. Deine Brüste sind wie deine, nur wie deine. Wenn ich Wasser trinke aus der hohlen Hand, werden meine Backen deine Brust, die Lippen rosabraun ein Zitzenring und trinken tue ich durch das Runde. Dass deine Spitzchen küsste Nächte lang. Jeder Apfel, den ich scheinbar harmlos greife, ist schnipp. Dreh dich und schnapp dein Ringserang. Rungse, Ringsel, Bretzel, Rungsel, Busel, Bipsel, Busel, Dein Ton in meinen Bronze Schallelu zu presten. Ooh. Mm-hmm.
Abasi Abu Mo. Hinning, 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 Hinning,
Stimmung by Karl Heinz Stockhausen from 1968. That's a piece for six vocalists and six microphones. And that name, Stimmung, translatable and interpretable in various different ways, had a meaning to harmonize or to tune, but also to be correct. So it has connotations of the direct musical tuning of the notes, but also kind of a tuning of a group of people and I guess a kind of spiritual connotation of the tuning of the soul, according to Stockhausen. So that piece is serial based, but tonal, even static, coming from a construction of a single ninth or dominant ninth chord pitched in just intonation. And apparently it's the first Western composition to be composed entirely from the production of vocal harmonics. So I guess in that sense, it could be called one of the first spectral compositions and maybe even a kind of progenitor of the spectral movement. So that's the first of three major recordings of that piece uh, made by Collegium Vocal Cologne, who I believe commissioned it. They were directed by Wolfgang Fromm and supervised by Stockhausen himself. The album is Stimmung, the label Deutsche Grammophon, and the year of release is 1970. So that's another episode of The Tonic. 
just want to say thanks to everybody at Threads who's worked so hard over these past few weeks to get this station up and running. The Tonic will be back on the 13th of March, I believe. I'm Luke Fraser. Thanks for listening.